Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to Inside Sources. This is Taylor Morgan. I'm joined today by my co host, Leah Murray. And Leah, here we are filling in for the illustrious Boyd Matheson on Inside Sources. And I just want to give listeners a little bit of a heads up, Leah. <laughs> like a trigger warning. Go well, <laughs> maybe. Uh, a disclaimer, if you will. And, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but but here is the disclaimer. Buckle up, because <laughs> Leah and I disagree on, on everything. A lo- well, not everything. Most things. We disagree on most things. And we're both and, uh, excited about life. Leah is a liberal <laughs> politics professor, college professor, and I'm a good down-home <laughs> native Utah Republican. So you're going to get some really authentic takes, and Leah and I really like each other. I like right. We're good friends, we right? Are. We have a That's lot right. of fun in studio together. We host KSL at night, uh, which you can hear on KSL uh, News Radio here at 7 to 9 p.m. many weeknights. But Leah and I... Even though we do disagree and we love to argue and get into the issues, we are still friends. That's right. We do it in a way that is positive and fun. And Leah, even though I may not always agree with you at the end of some of these fights, I always feel like I learned something. I love that. I also feel like it's fun. Yes. (laughs) Right? And I think that it's important to realize you can have conversations about how we should still be watching the World Cup, Taylor, and we don't no, stop Leah, watching it Leah, just because the look, U.S. stopped listen, playing. Listen, listen. <laughs> just so everybody knows, we it's safe to now stop pretending to like soccer. Football. We don't have to <laughs> pretend to like soccer anymore. It's okay, everybody. Anyway, so but like that, we can talk about this stuff, and we you can be wrong, and we're still friendly, yes, and we're yes. still friends at the end of it, and it's not Armageddon or the end of days as a result of a conversation. That's right. So normally Boyd will really elevate the conversation by representing both sides, and he'll do it in a very positive, uh, educational, and a diplomatic way. Well, Leah, you and I today, uh, we're probably going to be on a lower level of engagement. That's right. <laughs> we don't elevate. But at the same time, I, if anything, Leah, I'm confident that we can demonstrate how you can fight about politics but still be friends. That's and right. during the holidays, I think most listeners can apply 
this is an example at family dinners. That's right. If Needing, anything. Having these conversations with a smile <laughs> and not being angry. Yeah, and still get invited back to mom's house next year. That's right. That's the goal. That is the goal. Yep. So let's let's kick it off today. Let's get right into the first story about oil prices. Uh, we now have the EU sanctions and the price cap on Russian oil coming into effect. Okay, so what we have is actually senior energy correspondent for Politico, Charlie Cooper, um, who spoke with inside sources earlier today about what's going on and what it means for the global economy. Charlie Cooper explained the reasons for these sanctions and the price cap. The whole idea of this is to hit Russian oil revenues. Uh, Russia is uh, a big fossil fuel exporter. It's the world's second biggest crude oil exporter after Saudi Arabia. And it uses those those fossil fuel revenues to finance uh, its bloody invasion of Ukraine. And the G7 and the EU want to curtail its ability to do that. Right. So Russia makes money off of exporting oil and then it does things like invade Ukraine, right? Yep. So yep. Europe and I think the whole world mostly is not happy with Russia's ability to do that. So why we are doing these sanctions and we are issuing a price cap on Russian oil is to try to hit them in their bank account, mm-hmm. right? So that maybe we can bring an end to the war in Ukraine faster, right? right? Before right. more people... Die, right, right. Like, right. And so the U.S. has already banned the importation of Russian oil. This is – we're talking about the EU. Right. right. So to be fair – so to be fair to Europe, right? So we uh, we use oil. I still drive a car that uses oil, right? So um, – but we have other sources and we have our own sources. And so Russia invading Ukraine, it's very easy to be on a high platform and saying you shouldn't buy their oil except that the industry of Europe runs on right, Russian yeah, oil. It's right? certainly so, tough. And when right. we here in America say, well, okay, we've banned Russian oil, but we still take Saudi oil. Well, there's that. Right. 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 No, that's totally point well taken, Taylor, right? So the, but the idea is for Europe, they've got to figure out how to deploy sanctions because they absolutely want Russia to stop doing what it's doing, but not not have heat for the winter. Exactly right. right. That's right. Well, okay. And so Charlie Cooper went on to explain exactly how these sanctions and the price cap will work. Several months ago, the EU decided it would implement a a ban on seaborne imports of Russian oil. There are a few exceptions, but that ban came into force on Monday. And it came into force on Monday at the same time as a, a separate measure that was planned by the G7 group of nations plus the EU. And the G7, that includes the US, the UK, Japan, uh, European allies. Their plan was to cap the price of Russian oil, the price at which other countries can buy it. And they were going to try and enforce that plan by blocking insurers, by blocking shipping companies who operate in the UK, a great number of them do, and in the EU, from providing their services to ships that transport Russian oil above a certain price. Price has been set at $60 per barrel. Uh, That's the rather complex mechanism by which the G7 wants to try and uh, enact a wider cap on the price of Russian oil. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? 
Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. I know. I like this. So what I was just saying before, it was Europe, but the G7 includes us and other allies, right? So Europe's going to say, we're going to ban seaborne imports, and the G7, us and our allies, are going to say, we're capping the price, right? So we're going to say, we are unwilling to buy anything that's more than $60 per bale if it's coming from Russia. So, you know, we need to have oil. Let's just be honest. Like, that's a major part of how we're going to do everything. Um, But we're not willing to fund your war efforts against Ukraine, Right on the backs of that, right? So we're yeah. going to put some hurt there. And certainly the invasion of Ukraine has been one of the key factors globally contributing to the spike in oil prices. That's right. Right? And so this certainly seems to make sense. And one would expect that Russia is not happy about these new sanctions and the price cap. So let's hear how this is angering Russia. And the other thing is that the principle of this, this is G7 countries trying to set the price at which another country's exports can, can be traded around the world. And that, that's provoking a, an angry reaction from, from Moscow. Perhaps inevitably, they, they say they're not going to cooperate with anyone who, who is abiding by this cap, precisely what that looks like in the, the realities and the complexities of the world's oil market, we shall see. But it's a very big development in, in the geopolitics of, uh, of the energy trade. Right. So the answer is... And I think actually as good kind of American capitalists, we wouldn't really be cool with the government telling like Apple how much my iPad could cost, right? So a price cap is kind of government control. You're saying you're against <laughs> government regulation on, on price caps, on setting prices? Maybe, but not in this case, right? Because okay. sometimes what you have to do is use regulation to get someone to behave. Okay. So Russia's saying, we're not going to listen to you. But to a certain extent, where are they going to sell their oil, right? So you... So what I love how what Charlie Cooper was just saying there, right, is we'll see how that unfolds. We're not going to buy it. We'll only deal with people who pay us what we say it's worth. But who are you going to sell it to, right? Because yeah, the market yeah. is we are your market. So we've got game. Does that make sense? Like yeah. power in that relationship. So is this – so I guess my first concern is anytime we, top, we talk about sanctions or price capping oil, the concern immediately that I have is, okay, well, how is this going to affect people at the pump? How is this right. going to affect the real prices? Uh, Charlie Cooper, we're sharing these clips from Charlie Cooper, who is a senior energy correspondent for Politico. Uh, Mr. Cooper actually answered my question. He went on to explain how uh, these EU sanctions and the price caps will not necessarily have a direct impact on consumers. The expectation from experts that I've spoken to is that this measure right now, the ban on crude oil, because it's been coming for a long time, because there's already been that transition, oil flows away from Europe towards China and India, the oil price won't rise too much. And, you know, we have to be careful predicting these kind of things. So far today, the first day of the cap coming in and the ban coming in, the benchmark Brent crude oil price has not risen very much. It's kind of gone a bit up and down throughout the day, really around about kind of $87 per barrel. All right. So, but that's right now because the, the band yeah. just started. Yeah. So the thing that Charlie Cooper said earlier to watch would be how it goes with diesel because that might lead to a rise in the price, the rise in the price of gasoline. The one to watch is that there's another ban, another EU ban on Russian exports coming in in February, and that's on oil products like diesel and like gasoline, and particularly for diesel, 
not going to be quite so easy for for the EU just to pick up alternatives in the way they're going to accrue. They'll be able to buy up more crude from the Middle East, from the US, from various places. That won't necessarily be the case for diesel. And uh, diesel is still used in a lot of uh, a lot of heating, a lot of industry, a lot of vehicles in the EU. And experts that I've spoken to indicate that that's one to really watch for, for the price rise and the dangers of energy supply in the EU, as you say, still in the depths of... Uh, of a cold winter. Right. So what we didn't need was a very cold winter at the same time that we were trying to get Russia to behave in our international it's community. It's never easy, Leah. Right. It is never easy. But coming up, let's talk about something maybe a little less hard. Who is the new minority in the House of Representatives here in America? More on that after the break. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.